Thank you, and thank you all very much for coming. Um, we're all here for something very specific, which is uh, reusing and zero waste. But it's part of a very big picture, and it's a part that really matters. Of course, there's the direct reduction in emissions and saving of energy in particular from reusing things. And it does matter, and if everybody uh, does their bit, it makes a substantial difference. But it's more than that, because it also changes the way in which people think about things and the way in which they interact one with the other. You can't really uh, reuse and recycle uh, other than within a community. And it helps people to interact with each other in a way which has a purpose. Um, now it's always nice to interact and talk to the person next door, of course it is. But if there's a purpose to it, if you're doing something together, it actually helps to shape things and lay foundations for the future which will, which will last. Um, it helps people understand what they're doing and of course once they start to do that, they think about what they're doing not just there but uh, everywhere else and into the future. So it's important in shaping the way in which people behave and a big part of this is about behaviour. Now we can't rant and rave at people and tell them, well we can, but it's not very productive and it's no way to behave. We can't rant and tell people that they've got to change the ways they do things. But what does matter is, particularly in a university, is rational discussion and uh, interaction. That's what we ought to be good at. And uh, by doing that, and it's, uh, it's very clear in John Stuart Mill when he thought through what democracy meant. He spoke about government by discussion, the way in which people understand issues better and understanding about what they think is the right thing to do much better by talking about it. And this is the kind of interaction which this uh, kind of activity and indeed this particular activity fosters. So it's very important uh, beyond of course the direct energy uh, and which is saved and emissions which are reduced as a result of uh, reusing and reducing and uh, recycling. Now what is that bigger picture? Well, climate change and uh, fighting world poverty are the two defining challenges of the 21st century. That will measure what we as a generation uh, have achieved or failed to achieve. Uh, and we succeed or fail on those two things together. If we don't manage climate change, we will devastate the world, not just for our children and grandchildren, but also for, and in particular, for those who are much poorer than us and who suffer uh, earliest and uh, most severely. This is about both things. It's managing climate change and overcoming uh, world poverty. If we go on as we are, and you can do the arithmetic, if we go on as we are, we'll move from roughly 435 parts per million of CO2 equivalent now, CO2 plus the other greenhouse gases. Uh, we're adding about two and a half parts per million a year, and that's rising. So uh, 80, 100 years of 2.5 being added and growing, the amount we add growing, we'd add uh, over the course of a century um, 300, 350 parts per million to the 430 that we are, 435 we are now. Well, that means at least 750, possibly 800 parts per million by the end of this century. That would take us to a, at least a 50-50 chance of being above 5 degrees centigrade above pre-industrial times. Uh, we haven't seen that for, well we is a, a term for the planet here, the planet hasn't seen that for 30 to 50 million years. We've been around as human beings about 100,000. Uh, 
we've no idea what, uh, whether and how we might cope with that. But there's a fair bet that if much of the world is desert, I mean, southern Europe would start to look like the Sahara. Uh, other parts of the world would be underwater, you know, from Bangladesh to uh, Florida. Um, other parts of the world would be battered by storms that were so severe and hurricanes that you couldn't possibly live there. Many of the major rivers would change their flow, um, including the main rivers which feed uh, the big populations of the world in China, India, Bangladesh, Pakistan, um, right round the Himalayas where most of those big rivers rise in a few hundred square kilometers of the Himalayas and the, particularly the snows and glaciers. You'd rewrite the world essentially and people would move on a massive scale and we know uh, that this would lead to a conflict on a world scale for many decades, probably a century or so. This is the kind of scale that we're playing for. This isn't, you know, grapes growing in York. That's uh, one degree centigrade. We're not far off that now, yeah? This is something which is much, much bigger. And uh, it's very worrying. I mean, indeed, it's frightening. And I was last week in Copenhagen uh, and uh, listening to a couple of thousand of the best climate scientists in the world assessing the evidence, and it's worse than it was when uh, we wrote the Stern Review. Why? Because emissions are increasing faster than we thought, the absorptive power of the planet is less than we thought, and many of the effects are coming through faster than we thought. This is seriously worrying. Um, now the good news is that we know what to do. We really do know what to do. It's uh, about energy efficiency, it's about alternative sources of energy, and it's stopping deforestation. We know the scale of what we have to do. We have to hold concentrations below 500 parts per million and CO2 equivalent, and then bring them on down from there. It'll take a while, of course, because it's not so easy to get that stuff out, but uh, bring them down from there. So we know the kinds of things we have to do, and we know the scale of action we have to take. Uh, we know the kind of economic incentive structures that um, will help us get there, including a price for carbon, various forms of regulation, promoting uh, technologies, um, supporting countries where the trees stand in their development programs so that they can include and uh, stopping deforestation. We know, roughly speaking, what to do and we'll learn much more along the way as we do it. And part of that story is um, behavioural change. Um, and as I said right at the beginning, economists, and I, that's one of my key dimensions is in my profession, we think about sticks and carrots, prices, incentives, subsidies, regulations, that's what we do. Um, but there's something that's actually more profound than that, is people's own behaviour. You know, when I, uh, the, you're much younger than me, but the, in the 1960s, and when drink and driving laws were brought in, people regarded them as an intolerable freedom of the man, and they were usually talking about the man, to go down the pub, have a few pints and drive home. You're uh, preventing people from doing what they have a right to do. You wouldn't believe that that was a predominant argument at that time. And nobody in their right mind would put that argument now. So we don't drink and drive, partly because actually the penalties for doing so are rather severe. That's the economist bit, you know, that's the stick and the carrot. But mostly we don't do it because it's irresponsible. And we would regard it as irresponsible and our friends would regard it as irresponsible. 
so that's just a, it's actually an important example, or it's a different example. It's an important example of how through discussion and evidence, people talking things through, uh, key attitudes change. And uh, this one is about that, and zero waste is a big part of the story. For a while people will say, why isn't there a waste paper basket? You know? Well, before long they'll work out that it's actually quite easy to, to do whatever is uh, necessary. And they'll think about I'm looking around here and everything is uh, ceramic and glass and can't see any plastics or, uh, or um, you know, paper cups and so on. People will just get used to doing it that way. And so instead of throwing it in the bin, they'll take it down to the dishwasher. And, uh, which will be run on zero carbon electricity. <laughs> and um, so people will actually find it quite convenient. But it's about managing change. Yeah? It's not about making people's life more difficult. It's about managing change so that they can uh, are given easy options. And if it's not easy to recycle or reuse, people don't do it. But if it is easy, and they understand why, and there's a bit of social pressure so to do, then they will. And uh, so this is part of a much, much uh, bigger picture. Now lastly, we are in universities. Um, that's where we chose to be, presumably because many of us are unmanageable in any kind of other environment. Um, and now we have 40% or more rising of the population going there. The understanding and the sense of responsibility of that group is just, it's a very big group. It's a big part of the world. And, and of course, many of us work in very international universities as well. Uh, certainly the, uh, the LSE, but of course it's not only true of the LSE. So this is uh, a group of people whose behavior and understanding and sense of responsibility really matters. So that's one crucial reason why higher education is so important. It's where they're forming their behavior free of mum and dad. They've probably already formed mum and dad's behavior, told them what to do, and now they're coming and having another look at their own. Um, but also, of course, this is a place for ideas. And uh, if ideas are to be developed, they're not just developed at universities, we shouldn't be that arrogant, but it is our duty in universities to help with the development of ideas. And there are, very, there are many, many ways of doing that. You know, mostly I write articles and, uh, and books. I do actually have a book, a blueprint for the Safer Planet, coming out in three weeks. So you look out for it. Uh, you might, might buy it on the way out of seeing the age of stupid. But the, we also uh, shape attitudes and ideas by what we do and how we behave and how we interact with other people, perhaps even more important than the things we write. So when you work away on the uh, zero waste, and it might seem you know, on a Monday morning a bit mundane, it's actually part of something very big and very important. So um, I salute you and uh, wish you the very best of luck. Thank you.